Hello, world. You're listening to the Cash All Podcast. Technology integrates with every aspect of our lives. Computing, entertainment, gaming, education, and much more. Here to discuss all of it is your host, Brandon Peterson. Thanks for joining me again this week as we're talking about Assassin's Creed Valhalla and educational video games. Probably not two things that you would think would be used in the same sentence normally, but I think we'll have some fun with this. So I enjoy many types of video games. Uh, There are certain elements that different games contain that I do dislike. I don't like quick time events. For example, Tomb Raider games where you're using game mechanics to control a player, uh, to go through obstacles. Then all of a sudden, these random press the right button at the right time as you're slipping down the side of a structure never feels quite right to me. When that happens, I'm not paying attention to the action or animations that are going on in the game, but instead of which button icon that decides to show up next. Those quick time events are also in Spider-Man, the new Spider-Man games I like as well. I also really dislike stealth missions. Uh, Again, these are in Tomb Raider, they're in Spider-Man, and many other games. It's frustrating to me because you feel limited, and a lot of times it seems kind of pointless or just kind of a lazy way to make the game last longer without having fun intuitive controls for. So this is why in the past I've stayed away from the Assassin's Creed video game series. It always looks cool to me, but I always assume that there is going to be a lot of stealth missions, a lot of things like that, where um, I just don't enjoy or have fun playing those types of games. I figured there would be way too much stealth to keep me interested for very long anyway. Then Assassin's Creed Valhalla came out. Vikings running around with their crew, taking over lands. Um, Sounded like there would not be near as much stealth in this style of game. So I thought I'd give it a try. I don't ever really remember hearing about any stories of Vikings sneaking around in the shadows and then surprising enemies. I always kind of think of the horn blowing and yelling and running in with reckless abandon. And that kind of sounded like something that would be a little more my style. So I've enjoyed Assassin's Creed Valhalla so far. Um, I've probably only made it through about 35% of it or so, as I just haven't had the time to play it as much as I'd like. Maybe during Christmas break, who knows. But recently, I saw on the internet that the game had an update, and it intrigued me a little bit. So, this game update offers a discovery tour mode, and apparently, Assassin's Creed has done this in the past, But from what I've read, uh, this edition is much more ambitious than the other uh, previous versions editions. So if you don't have, this is kind of a cool thing. Uh, if If you don't have Assassin's Creed and you believe the game to be too violent for your children or for your own personal preference, 
uh, and you still want to try this mode, you don't have to uh, buy the whole game for it. You can actually purchase a standalone version right now for the PC for $20. And there's uh, console versions that are expected within the next year. So I thought that was pretty cool. So this Assassin's Creed Valhalla Discovery Tour Viking Age. What is this thing? It's an interactive, immersive, educational experience that allows players to roam through historical locations in Assassin's Creed Valhalla. The experiences are very story-driven. Uh, the first experience, you are a Viking who's getting ready to go on a quest, but your family's reputation is at stake as your wife who created sails for the longships that were going to be used in the journey were said by some of the people to be made of poor quality, which would have left the crew stranded in waters unsafely. And so you learn like when somebody is insulting your your family's character is a big deal uh, from, from Viking culture. And so you learn about how you have to defend this when these type of things happen. So in the game, you investigate, search for clues, Interview others from the village to clear your family's name and to bring justice to the one who accused you. Um, as you do this, information about Viking culture is shared in your codex. So you can find locations uh, based off of actual places, uh, historical artifacts, and other historical facts explained along in your journey. And then you can read about it. Some of it's narrated. You also have instances explained how um, parts of the game there was little information known about different locations. And so they explained how historians and designers of the game hypothesized what it would have been like. And I thought that was kind of interesting too. Um, so a, a student playing this, you could ask them, hey, how is what's something about the game that might not be as historically accurate and how did they... How did they formulate what they thought it would look like? What knowledge did they use to, to make a prediction on what it should have been like? So I think this is extremely interesting as it gives interested scholars an insight of how we try to piece together history, uh, especially when it's not all easily preserved for us to read or interpret. The next part of the story that I played. I was a monk in a monastery uh, helping a sick friend. And I think they said he said it, he felt fire in his veins or something like that. So through this thing of trying to find medicine and things to help your friend, we learn about religion, medicine, science, and much more. But this time, not from the Viking culture of that time, but from the Anglo-Saxons. Uh, there's also a part where you need to hide treasures where the Vikings um, are coming to the monastery that's about to be raided. And so you have to kind of go through the tunnels below and find ways to um, hide some of the treasures before they get taken. So once you complete missions, then you're able to freely explore the location and find other hidden artifacts and locations as well. 
I have yet to complete the whole mode. I just have played through those first two stories, but have really enjoyed what I've played so far. And I've learned a lot, learned a lot about Viking culture. Um, I believe there to be no, I have not experienced any fighting in the game. So I believe you may have to research this a little bit more. Um, but I believe there to be no fighting in this discovery mode, you know, so that's, um, a positive if you're, you know, if your child's interested in these games and you want it to be more of an educational experience. Uh, but there was a time where in the Viking mode, uh, or from, you know, the ones that were going out on the, on the quest where I had to defend myself as a Viking with some flitten, I think it's pronounced F L Y T I N G. Uh, which is basically a contest that consists of exchanging insults with an opponent in verses or rhymes. So you do have that um, almost like a little rap battle uh, kind of from from a long time ago going on in the game, which was pretty interesting and, and pretty cool to learn that they actually uh, did use that. Um, as an educator who loves learning about history and Viking history, I think this is very cool. Uh, students may find it more interesting being immersed in this world that it's beautifully created, um, exploring, hearing the dialect of people talking and interacting, uh, the music being played. You, you learn about the history of the music as you're hearing it. Um, and just seeing these interactions from around the year 875 AD. Uh, I think they'd be more interested in that than probably just looking at a slideshow or reading a textbook about it. Uh, definitely way more interactive. Teachers could easily make quizzes or scavenger hunts, having students create their findings and even save little screenshots from their experience from the game, uh, showing examples of architecture, art, jewelry, uh, clothing, and such. I think it would be worth a try and would love to hear from any other history teachers' inputs and thoughts on this game particularly, or just the matter of having students play a game like this um, is kind of a mini section uh, just to try out. So playing this mode and then me thinking about the educational game part of this got me thinking of other educational games. So here is my list of my favorite educational games. These are these are very much of a kind of a throwback throwback uh, retro list here uh, from my younger years of school. But I thought it would be fun just to kind of go through these. So four classic educational games uh, that I think are cool. Number four, we'll start with four. Mario teaches typing. The first time I saw that, I thought that was pretty cool. Be able to play as Super Mario going through the levels, but instead of using left, right, up, down, BA um, to jump and all that stuff, uh, you type on the keyboard like words that would come up and then the faster you type the you know, faster Mario runs or jumps over the enemy, those those things. So Mario teaches typing, very cool. I think I saw that for the first time when I was like in seventh grade. Number three on the list. 
This one's kind of a franchise. Where in the world is Carmen San Diego? So our next door neighbors when we lived in Garing had a, like I think a 8088 computer, a 8086 or something. And it had a very older version of Carmen San Diego. And then when, uh, when we got our computer at home, Windows 3, yeah, that's how, that's how this was. It had a CD-ROM, pretty big deal at the time. And it came with Where in the World is Carmen Sandiego Deluxe version. And that one was, was pretty cool. I love Where in the World is Carmen Sandiego. Learning about different cultures, learning about um, just geography, different, and just learning about the world as you're trying to chase down this criminal who who stole some kind of artifact so i always thought that game was fun number two on the list sim city uh eighth grade integrated technology class at middle school uh we had a little section where we got to play some sim city and uh learning how just kind of ways of organizing a city and it was played on the old IMAX, I believe. It might have just actually been on the original Macintosh computers, actually. And I can't remember for sure. I know it was on an Apple. But uh, you could play it on all machines. But SimCity was pretty cool. You had to figure out ways to make sure everything had enough power. How are people going to get from point A to point B? You have to have some kind of roads. You have to upgrade them. Sometimes the roads start getting run down and you have to repave them. Uh, sometimes you get natural disasters. You could have a tornado come in and, and something like that or a flood and fires. So you have to be aware of those things. I think even Godzilla or some kind of dinosaur thing could make an appearance in there too. So SimCity was very fun and I enjoyed playing that game in school. And number one, probably no surprise to anybody, this is elementary school we go to the library there were like four apple II computers in the back maybe five and if you were done checking out your books then the first five done got to go over and play oregon trail so where you and your wagon party would go searching for better life on their trail out west along the oregon trail and i remember as you would get to halfway of the game I think it was Chimney Rock. You flip the disc over and then you continue playing the game. And just by chance, uh, living in North Platte, when I would go back when my family lived in Douglas, Wyoming, Chimney Rock about halfway there. So every time we would drive by Chimney Rock, I would always tell myself, oh, time to flip over the disc, time to flip over to side B. And continue our journey. So those are fun games with some fond memories. Uh, for me anyway. And I'm sure for a lot of others who are similar age to me. Uh, who got to play those games in school. When technology was really first starting to kind of be used. In some more entertaining ways I guess. In the classroom or in media centers. So what educational games have you used with students? Or educational games did you love playing when you were in school? 
Do the games you played when you were in school, do they still hold up today? I like to think these ones that I mentioned, they hold up, or there's newer versions, but I think the premise of them all hold up quite well. I think everybody can enjoy them. Um, how can we find ways to make quality games that kids enjoy today where they still learn something from it, but it still looks like a well-made game, like it doesn't look like it was cheaply made. This Assassin's Creed Valhalla, you know, to find a way to incorporate an educational mode in this, this Discovery Tour Viking Age mode, that's like a huge title game where it looks awesome and, and people love it, and they found a way to make it educational or aspects of it educational what are some ways we can make games like that or or game companies out there can make things that have you know not just mindless shooting and all that kind of stuff which you know which is fine in those games if if that's what you want to play but sometimes i think there is that area where you can incorporate some learning to it as well so i'm curious to hear what you have to say about that i'll put a poll or something on twitter this week um, at code Peterson. Remember Peterson with the S-E-N. And I'd love to hear from you all. Thank you so much for listening. Be sure to subscribe and leave a review if you like what you heard. For other content, you can follow me on Twitter at code Peterson.